coming up and you don't want to miss. Yeah, mark your dates for October 31st. It is a Saturday. We are going to have an indoor-outdoor worship at night at 5.30 p.m. October 31st. Join us. to. It, we are really going to combat all the things that are going on in heavenly places and we are going to pursue God for all that he has for us that night, but we want to bring him glory during October. We know it's a very special time in general, and we know so many people have so many personal struggles throughout these seasons and holidays, and we just want to kick it off right. But to the guests here today, we are so glad you're here. Thank you for choosing Thrive Community Church, and we are so sorry that we missed you, but we do want to see you when we return in November to get to know you, get to know your name, but you, I would want you to know you are accepted in this place. Thrive Community Church is a place of belonging for all of you. I want to welcome our very, very close friend, Pastor Alan Coleman. Would you just stand up right now and give him a round of applause? Just welcome Alan Coleman. And Pastor Alan, thank you so much for being here with us. Come on and put those hands together one more time. Oh, come on like you're praising Jesus. Amen. He's worthy of all the praise. Certainly it's good to see you this morning. Amen. God is so gracious and we had a blessed time this uh, earlier this morning and so we're going to have a time, amen, on the second service. How many love the Lord? I mean really love Him. Amen. Amen. I tell you, uh, I told the last group and I tell you, uh, the Lord is wrapping everything up and, uh, and I know I don't think that's... Uh, Anything new to most of you, because I think the truth be told, you know, there's some things going on that we've never seen before. And, but the Bible teaches in the end of the Bible that many of the things that's happening now is just a precursor of the things that's coming. Unfortunately, I would love to tell you things are going to get better, but unfortunately they're not. And that's just how this thing is set up. But I pray that God give you a word this morning that may encourage you that we're able yet, even in the storm, that God will still get glory in our lives. Amen. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm Pastor Coleman of the Gates Church. Amen. Pastor Nathan is my good friend. Amen. And we're here to be able to speak a word. I thank God that he asked me to come. I was debating on what to preach the second time. I uh, I said, well, I could preach this and that, but I, I am going to make some references uh, uh, that's a little different. But, uh, but just bear with me. I'm not going to be long, but I shall be strong. I, I am used to churches that say amen back. All right. I'm used to churches that say, you better preach, preacher. Amen. If I say something, please say, you better preach, preacher. Amen. Amen. But, 
But certainly there's a scripture in the book of Proverbs and, and uh, I'm going to touch some of the things. I may touch a few from the first service. I'm going to hit a few other different things that God even in the back was laying on me. In Proverbs 15 and 3, if you there say amen, it says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And today I'm going to do my best to be able to speak on three things that God has never seen. And uh, the Bible teaches that God is omniscient, he's, om he's omnipresent. If, you, if you're at the bottom of hell, God sees you. Uh, you can't run from him. If you are in the first heaven, which is the blue sky that you see, God still got you. If you're in the second heaven where the moon and the stars hang, God still know where you are. Third heaven, where God sits on the throne, God still have a mindset of your know about. But I say that, and many times I say, but how can it be anything that God has never seen? And the first one is that God has never seen a problem that he could not solve. Amen. The truth be told is that many of us Really, for the first time, we're seeing some things we've never seen before. My father's 91 years old, and I asked him the other day, and I, I, said, I said, Dad, have you ever seen what you've seen? My dad at 91, he was just a little old bitty son in World War I, and he saw World War II, he saw the Vietnam War, he, my dad have seen, I mean, the Black Monday, he's seen everything. And at 91 years old, my father told me, I've never seen what I'm seeing now. Things are changing right before us. I pray that you do understand, in spite of everything changing, that God still sits on the throne. Oh, he, oh he's somebody's God. He's, he's a faithful, faithful God. And the Bible teaches that, in essence, in the book of um, uh, because many of our problems, the truth be told, uh, sometimes we have something to do with them. Amen. All of us are innately rotten. I hate to mess you up. The Bible says no one's good but the Father. I, I teach everywhere I go. That, yeah, we got to get that mindset out of our mind. You will never be good. Nudge that person by you. You are not good. You are not good. But, but, but what Jesus was making reference to is that he said, no, you're not good, but you're faithful. Yes. Uh, so tell the person, I'm not good, I'm just faithful. And, and those are the things that God is designed from us, that we be faithful. We be faithful to God. Amen. And when you understand that you're faithful, you're more apt not to judge someone else. I'm preaching better than somebody saying amen. amen. And, 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 but if you think you're good, you, there'll be an apt that you may be able to look down on someone. And, and God, uh, when he created us, we talked about it earlier, as God put all mankind in the earth realm, he put us all here for one reason. And that is to love one another. God's whole mindset was that earth be like heaven. And, and that's all he's ever wanted from us. I know when you hear all us different preachers preaching, sometimes you think he's desiring some other things. But the truth be told, it's simple. All he ever wanted that we love one another. But what happens is, is that if we're going to love at the place we need to love, is that what happens is God is going to have to do a work on you. 
Because all of us, again, are innately rotten. And, and, and I almost hate to say it because, you know, because some of us think we got it going on. But, but the truth be told, you're far from having it going on without Jesus. So since God's mindset is that we all love one another, God has to do something to us. And that's fill us up with himself. What happens is that God, he will fill us up with his precious Holy Ghost or uh, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And when he fills us with him, we become similar to him. The Bible says we was all born in his image. We maybe resemble him, but the problem, we didn't act like him. So looking like God is not enough. Even the sinner does that. But God, because he's so awesome what he says, listen, I got you looking like me. He said, the only way I can get you acting like me, I'm going to have to fill you up with me. Do I have any blood-bought believers in here? That when God saved you for real, that one of the main things that happened to you, you was wanting to really love some people who you once hated. So here, uh, God never seen a problem that he could not solve. Many times what happens is without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit in us, what happens is there's a lot of things going on in us. And the truth be told from anger, jealousy, pride, and all these things cause us many problems. If the truth be told, many of us, some of these very things have brought us to places sometimes that we just want to give up. Yes. I, was, uh, I told the last group, I, had, I was preaching a revival once. And um, this young lady, as I was preaching, when I was done, it was a revival. And as I was ministering to her, I just started telling her about herself. And as I was telling her about herself, her first mindset was, God, man, you're awesome. How did you know all these things about me? And I felt pretty good. She called me awesome. I said, well, I guess I am doing something kind of. And finally I looked at her. I said, ma'am, I said, you know how I know all things about you? She said, how? I said, because I too once lived a life without Jesus. Yes. See, y'all, all of us, without Jesus, our life is just messed up. I tell you, we can't love for real. We can't love genuinely. That's why it is impossible to be a good husband or a good wife without the Spirit of God living in you. But why? Because if you don't, you always lean to the selfish side. You first or you alone. But God never have expected that to be our plan. Our plan when he strategically put us in the earth realm. It was just that we get along. That we be there for each other. That's what heaven looks like. But that enemy which deals with our flesh to read. The, 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 the man that's not regenerated because what's in us is rotten. But God can solve the problem. And he solves it by putting Jesus Christ in your life. And what Jesus does, y'all, who is the son of God, the son of man, he comes in us and starts changing us from the inside out. In the Greek, it talks about a word established and a word established. One with an E, one with an S. The E established to be built from the outside up. 
But the word established in the Old Testament means to be built up from the inside out. See, that's where God does his best work. It's from the inside out. Nudge that person by you and tell them, you're not good, baby. You're just faithful. But not only that, and let me read a scripture quickly in uh, uh, 1 John 3 and 8. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sent it from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Jesus was manifested that he might destroy the works of Satan. Jesus came that he may destroy sin. Amen. That old nasty word. That he may destroy it. Man had no chance. The natural man is doomed. There's no way he can find his way out of this trap. Unless Jesus Christ enters his life. And listen, and men and women of God, rather you know it, some of you are the only Jesus they'll see. You're the only one that they'll ever imagine. God's never seen a problem he could not solve. Secondly, God never seen a sin that he did not hate. You know why God hates sin so? I'm glad somebody said something. Anybody really want to know why he hated so? You know one reason God hates sin is because sin breaks relationships. See, remember, his whole plan was to put us in the earth realm. That we all be there for one another. And love one another just as in heaven. But sin destroys relationship. That's why I preach everywhere I go. Where love is, sin can't exist. I'm preaching pretty good right there. Where love is, sin cannot exist. See, sin is about selfishness. But love is about unity. Love is about coming together as a man and woman or a brother in Christ and being there for each other. And God gets glory when he see it. Sin breaks relationships. The Bible talks about the Ten Commandments. I'm going somewhere, stay with me. Even his commandments are love instructions. God has never given man a commandment without it being for our good. Even though rough ones, y'all, where you can't eat your stuff at the bottom of the sea. Y'all still here? Shrimp and all, lobsters and all that stuff. Tell somebody, I thank God for Jesus. I, I'd hate for a shrimp to send me to hell. Amen. I thank God for Jesus. But you know, but, you know, but, but I started doing some research. Even in that, too much of Shrimp and lobsters dust stuff to your lining of your stomach. God is just looking out for his people. See, that's his plan. God is not a tyrant or he's someone who loves you. Want the best for you. And he knows all sin is going to do is going to separate you. The first four of the Ten Commandments have to do with the love toward God. And the last six have to do with the love for one another. See, I'm going to prove to you that where love is, sin can't exist. Now watch this. One commandment says, do not steal. You wouldn't steal from someone you love. It says, do not murder. 
There's not one person in here that would jump up, yeah, I loved her, that's why I killed her. <laughs> See, God knew this. And all these commandments he gave her, you know what? And he knew we couldn't do them. It wasn't in you to do it. Why? Because we're innately rotten. But God told us, he said, but if you draw nigh, if you get to a place where you're just about giving up, he said, if you hang on a little while longer, if you keep on seeking me, he said, you're going to find me. And when you find me, he said, I'm going to change you with the twinkling of an eye because I'm going to put in you me. Somebody ought to get happy right now. See, see, listen, listen, listen. What is he trying to say? He wants us to work together, but we can't work together without the Holy Spirit. Amen. The reason you see so much chaos in the earth realm, why do you think it's happening? Because there's a bunch of people without God in them. And they're raising hell from both sides. Nobody wants to compromise. Nobody wants to come together. And God is sitting there, listen. I gave you my commandments and my rules. Follow them and all will be well. But one reason it's becoming so rotten because we're getting to the end. More division we ever seen. Sin separates. Sin puts us in a place to pit ourselves against each other. Sin is a wicked thing. It's nothing good about it. All of those commandments, Jesus gives us one in John 13 and 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I love you, so you must love one another. By all, by all men will know that you are my disciples. That's the key to this. But you can't get to this without God. See, I told the last group I tell you, because I know if you came from the old church, I did, pray for me. <laughs> No church had a thing, and the only thing that was sin was smoking, drinking, and carrying on. That's what they used to teach. Anybody come from them churches? Let me see your hand. Don't be ashamed, it's all right. But I tell everybody, see, on that day of judgment, some of us gonna wish God was talking about cigarette smoking. You're gonna be saying, when am I gonna get to I quit smoking in 85? When are we gonna get to that? But no, y'all, God's looking at something else. God's, listen, because if it was about cigarette smoking, you can quit that without God. Have anybody ever quit smoking in here and, got, and you did it? You did the 12 steps. Anybody? I told him I had a man in my church one time and he told me, uh, I'm going somewhere, stay with me. Uh, I told him, I says, uh, he says, I can't quit. And I say, well, well, you know, try a patch. Try the patch. Patch didn't work. He said, I just can't quit, Pastor. And every time he go to the doctor, the doctor was on him all the time about smoking. Well, this time he shows up at the doctor. And when he shows up this time, the doctor don't mention anything about smoking. He said, you ain't, you're not going to say anything about smoking, Doc? Doc said, no, not this time, it's too late. He kept on doing writing on the pad. Whoa. He said, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> he says, Doc, surely. He said, what is it? He said, well, it's too late. It's the, 
you have a tumor on your neck, Bill and cast him up and from smoking, and he said, it's just, it's too far gone. The old man said, but hold up, Doc. What if I quit smoking? Doc says, too late. Keep on smoking, sir. He said, but sure, hold up, Doc. There's, there's got to be something we can do. He said, there's nothing we can do. The old man said, but, let, but if I back off, he, he kept on worrying the doctor. Finally, the doctor said, just quit smoking and we'll see. That man hadn't smoked in 20 years. <laughs> I say that, see, those are not the acid test. See, what made God so God is that God is requiring some things out of you that you can't do without him. And you know one thing that you can't do without God? You can't love people who hate you. You can't, it's not in you to do it. You can't fake it, you can't, you can't do lip syncing. The people that hate you and your family, you cannot love them. But God said, but with me, you can love the worst person. And not only love them, you can love them to an extent that you love yourself. You would want well for them, no matter how they do you. Are y'all still in the church? And what have happened, I tell you, I come to decree and declare, listen, the church I forgot what God has designed from us. The power of God, one of the first things the Holy Ghost do to you, if any of you have ever been filled with him, if you hadn't, Lord, you need to come every breath in you. The power of the Holy Ghost in the old church, maybe used to have you speak in tongues first, but what it does now, it gives you the power to love those who's unlovable. That's what the power of God does. And we can't do it without him. And if that's the case, guess what the questions are going to be now when you're at the bar before God? There's not going to be anything about the cigarette. I, yes, like I say, some of us are going to be saying, when are we going to get, I quit smoking in 85. You can say, that ain't what we're going to talk about. You can say, let's talk about your ex-wife. Your ex-husband. The man that tried to run you off the road. And what you did to him afterwards. How you, the, that old man ditched your daughter. Are y'all still here? The things that you never could do without God. These are the things that God is going to question us on. God's never seen a sin that he did not hate. Why? It separates men. That's why. I told you, God knew what men, what three women would do in your life. Like I said, we have, we have hell with one. So, I think somebody finally caught that. Same thing with men. God knew. He knew how complicated life would be. And, and I told the last group, do you, anybody ever been hurt? Where your, your, your boyfriend or girlfriend hurt you, a husband or wife? Anybody remember that? Yeah. Yeah. How do it feel? Bad. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. I'm talking about hurt. And none of us wakes up in the morning and say, give me some of that today. 
And God knows it. And God, he despises that hurt. Yes. It's worse than you. Yes. When he sees those he loves go through it. So this is why he loved faithfulness. This is why he loved unity and co cohesion together. He loved these things. But sin is stripped away at it. It causes us headaches. It causes us pain. And this is why God said, get it out of your life. Unfortunately, you just can't walk out and say, I'm going to get rid of it. Because that's not how it works. You need a living Savior who's living in you to give you the power to fight against the evil one. Why does the evil one want? He wants to bring sin. He wants to bring division. Why? He wants chaos. For those who believe in the tribulation and the rapture, I do pray for me. I believe it. I believe one day God's coming back for the church. And when he get here, we're going to fly up out of this place. I believe it without a doubt. But those who are going to be left will go through seven years. Three and a half years of the tribulation. The last three and a half are called the great tribulation. Something the world have never seen before. And why did they get left? Because they could not believe God. They wouldn't believe him. As I stand before you, you know, I told the last church, I tell you, 20 years from now, half of us won't be here. We'll be gone. And you know, I'll give you another little, little nugget. 25,000 years from now, you're going to be alive somewhere. Y'all still here? I lose the church right there. We're going to shout in a minute. I'm almost in a good shouting part. And the church, we have to be on fire for Jesus because we want none lost. No, not one. We want to have our minds made up. Are y'all still here? To serve God. We know what sin does, so we want to we eradicate ourselves from that thing. Because it brings division and it brings hurt and it brings pain. And God knows it. So he gives us the Holy Spirit. That we have the power to fight the enticer. In the Greek the word enticer means those who entice you. The tempter in the Greek means the enticer. The devil. That's his job. But I thank God for Jesus who stepped on the head of the devil. Who gave us the power to step on the head also. God has never seen a sin that he did not hate. But thirdly, God never seen a soul that he could not save. Now am I the only one going to get happy me and this young lady? Because whether you know it or not, we were lost and we were doomed. There was no hope for us. But God who loves us more than we love ourselves. I love this one. Over in Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you 
and your God. But I love this next one. And your sins have hid his faith from you. Let me, let me help you with this. I dip you in the theology right here. The sin don't separate God from you. It separates you from God. God ain't going nowhere. He's just as much as God today as he was yesterday. God stands right here. Here is sin. You on the other side of it. You put sin in the way of God. But God never took his eyes off you. You just couldn't see him. Anybody ever been in a place where you couldn't see him? Anybody ever been in a place you like, Lord, I wish you were somewhere close? Oh, am I the only one in the place? Have you never been in a place where it seemed dark and looked like God is nowhere to be found? He never left. He was always there. He'll never forsake you, men and women of God. I, I, nothing will get in the way of God. He loves you. He loves you more than you love yourself. I, I see that, that, that beautiful baby in the back. Can I preach here for a second? I see that beautiful baby in the back. Woman, God, just lift him up a little bit where the people can see him. What a beautiful, beautiful baby. Wearing blue back there. Look at him. Now, I don't know nothing about this woman and that baby. But if I was a gambling man, I would figure that baby has a personality. That baby don't always do right. Y'all still here? I imagine anything crawling on the floor, what will the baby do? Hide the car keys. Look at her crawling. Look at him crawling. That baby does all kind of stuff. Even mess her britches. Is a little boy. Okay, see back there. Blue. I saw the blue. In spite of him doing all that, missing his britches, wake you up in the middle of the night. Would that be true? Don't get rest. But if somebody broke in this building, Boy, I'm preaching better than somebody saying amen. If somebody broke in this building and walked in here with a pistol and said, I don't want nobody but that baby right there, what is that mama going to do? She going to what? The baby have messed his britches, hit, hit the car keys, ate bugs off the floor. Why in the world is she going to fight? biological woman can love at that extent how much more is the God whose love going to fight for you just because your diaper was messed up it don't matter to God he loves you look at her squeezing that baby God loves you like that he loves you so much and he wants you to prosper he wants you to be blessed coming in and blessed going out. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to come over and be overcomers. God expects that from you. I tell every church I go to, the beauty of God is, and if we can grab it as a church, there's nothing God can't do. Do you not know Jesus brings the grace? Uh, now, now look at this over here. This drum set is grace. The question is, when we look in the scriptures, what is grace? Unmerited favor, a bunch of stuff, but, but really grace is stuff. You know what's over in grace? Healing's in grace. 
How many need healing in their body? Yeah. Healing is in grace. Love is in grace. Prosperity is in grace. Everything you need is here. Jesus brought that through his finished work. But you have to bring the faith. You have to have the faith to get to grace. The problem with most of us, we want the grace, but we don't have the faith. You have to put all of your mind, your heart, and soul in Jesus Christ and him alone. And there's nothing God can do for you. Many of us are here today. That's the, how many have a need in their life? I'm going to mess with you. You know where your need is at? It's already been paid for. It's already been blood bought. It's already sitting over there. My next question to you, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? You have to believe this. You got to believe that he did it for you. And if you believe it, that nothing God cannot do. It's there. There's never been a sinner God couldn't save. I'm his witness. There's never been a sinner that God could not pull out. If y'all still here, say amen. amen. God strategically places us in the earth realm. He places us here that we may be filled and then we may help him grow the kingdom. Yes. One way that we help God grow the kingdom is a scripture that he, he quotes. He says, if you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. Thrive Church, I think y'all one of the greatest churches in Athens. I think you have no idea what God's going to do for you. He's going to do something that's going to blow your mind. He's going to do something that's going to knock down the hand of Satan. But before any of it can happen, you're going to have to learn how to suffer for a little bit. Now, the first question is, preacher, what are you talking about suffering? Well, in the old church, they told us, boy, you're going to have to suffer, pick that thing up, Jesus carried it. That's not what he's talking about. The suffering Jesus is talking about, if he was here in the physical, whatever he was be, would be doing, he's expecting you to be doing it. Well, what did he do? He helped everybody. He, those who was crippled, he helped them to be able to walk. Those who couldn't see, he helped those to be able to see. Everything Jesus did was about one another. Jesus did nothing. If you find one scripture, Jesus did something for himself. I eat this tumbler. Come on. Watch this thing. There's nothing he did for himself. It was always about the other. See, to really suffer, you're going to have to get your discipleship skills together. And I got news for you. That's not an easy walk. I told the last group, uh, and I started discipling years ago, you know, I, 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 I go pick them up, bring them to church. Next Sunday, you can't find them. <laughs> but a good disciple don't give up. Next Sunday, I'm there. I get them, bring them to church. Because discipling is more than just getting them here. 
Discipling also goes on when you leave the door, Thrive. And when you leave the door, you're still walking them to the car. I told her earlier at church, and when you bring them, you try to make sure you don't put them by JoJo because he's barely in the church. Because JoJo will mess your guests up. Y'all ain't happy. So, so you're really particular about who you bring. And how, no, you can't say by them because. So you, you're going through all of this battle to be able to get them in the arms of Jesus. Y'all still here? But when you're really discipling, how did the suffering come in? On Monday, I told them when me and my wife is sitting there eating, and your phone ring at 738, they'll say, what are you doing? You'll say, uh, eating with my wife. Yeah, I hadn't ate today. Okay. Well, all right, God bless you, like in James. May the Lord be with you forever and hang up. <laughs> then God convicts you. Call them back. Well, come on over and eat with us. They come over and eat, have a good time. A week later, you and your wife on your way to the Dallas Maverick game. The phone rings. you like, I know none of y'all never did this at, at Thrive. I'm talking about me. Ah, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Somebody, it's a suffering way. <laughs> it's a suffering way. I'm looking at the phone. Uh, yeah, man, what's going on? Uh, what y'all what y'all doing? You want to lie? Tell, tell your neighbor, Lord said, do not lie. <laughs> and I said, well, me and my wife, we're finna go to a Dallas Maverick game. They turn around and say, I've never been to a Maverick game before. <laughs> I'll be like, okay. Tickets $185 a piece. Anybody been to the marriage lately? <laughs> now, and you know they ain't got no money. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. Call you for lunch. What are you doing with the lunch? I hadn't had lunch yet. Now, it's different if you don't have it. I happen to have a little. I was kind of like Southland son. You picked a bad day. He said, what you mean? I got it. <laughs> so all of the suffering but it's part of discipleship and Jesus said if you suffer with me he said you will also reign with me and to grow this church to be the church it have to be thrive you are gonna have to suffer for a while but sooner or later Jesus is gonna grab them and then it's their time to do it. Yes. Do you say it work? Yes. But I ask you, have you had the heart of God? God said he'd never seen a soul that he could not save. Amen. Do you love anybody enough Amen. to be able to say, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Or do we do like most? We pass coming to church to give God praise and splendor. And you pass by people that don't know God. The suffering way is where you turn the car around right. and you go back right. and you ask, do you know the Lord? And you'll be surprised. Everybody's not going to reject you. You ask them, do you know the Lord? And those very people will be the one that God would draw to himself. Yes. 
And in heaven it will be accredited to you. There's one scripture I want to, if you can put this up here, I think it's in, and, and we're about done. Just stay with me for a second. It's going to be the uh, Revelation, I think, uh, 13. I just want to show y'all something. And then we're going to close here. 14 and 12. 14 and 12. Put that up there if you can. I, w I want to challenge you here. Because uh, God, I think, I got 20... I got about 20 churches in next year that I'll be teaching eight weeks series of the book of Revelation. But I want to challenge you with a scripture. You go perfectly with this. If they can pull it up, if not, I'll read it. And I'm going to start at 12. I think they're getting it, but I'm going to go ahead and read it because of time. But I need y'all to listen close. <clears throat> because I think it it directs us of the power of love. Uh, I believe the gospel is 99.999% love. I believe that without a doubt. God has never drawn no one through pain and punishment. But he draw them by his kindness, loving kindness. Are y'all still here? And, and see, and since God is in us, God expects the same out of us. Okay, let me read the scripture to you. 14, you may make a note, Revelation 14 and 12, starting there. Just write it in your note. Here's the patient of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Y'all still here? I heard a voice from heaven saying, this is John the Revelator, right? Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Now, if you can die in the Lord, guess what else you can do? You can die out of the Lord. But that's not my basis that I want to hang on. Yeah, says the Spirit with a capital S in the New Testament, wherever it's capital S, it's talking about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. That they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Stop. Now, the first inclination must be those who are gone and with the Lord, he said that they are, they are at rest from their labors. Now the next inclination have to be, what in the world are these labors? What did they do? Is there any minds would like to know? Yes. Those in heaven, what did they do while they was here? Do, do I see any inquisitive minds? Any, any? I'm waiting for somebody to say, tell me, man. Who really want to know? Well, the first thing we have to do is look at the word neighbor, labor in the Greek, the original language. Can I go there? <clears throat> Watch this. Let me pull it up. They are at labor from helping those who gave them trouble. 
Now somebody missed that. Those men and women of God that have made it to heaven, they are at risk from helping a bunch of people who brought them trouble. That messed me up. Because I know his commandments is that we love one another. What Jesus said, all of the commandments rest on two. To love God and to love each other. I'm going to use uh, Brother Nathan's mama one more time. I know she don't mind. I'm going to just say for the sake of saying she's God today. You better walk. <laughs> Wave at me, God. The Bible says when I love God, I'm loving you. And when I'm loving you, I'm loving God. I'm going to do it one more time. When I'm loving God, I'm loving you. And when I'm loving you, I'm loving God. You know what? If you hate me, it's impossible for you to love God. See, it works together. All of the Bible works like that. Even in the book of Revelation. So wait a minute, preacher. You're trying to tell me these folk who's in heaven, they didn't get there because of this. They got there because of their faith in Jesus, but because they had faith in Jesus, this is what they did. Come on, man. Come on. And what did they do? They loved folk and helped the people who was trying to, to, to destroy them. Do you know what that means? The very one that who don't care for you. God's watching how you treat them. Because the love of God that he puts in us. See, and y'all, and, 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 you know, I talked about, now don't y'all leave out talking about, that man said I can smoke cigarettes. It's going to give you lung cancer. It's going to give you lung cancer now. I'm telling you, if you fool with it, and if you drink, it's going to give you cirrhosis of the liver. But, see, catch, me, catch us in the Holy Ghost. You can quit that without God. But it is impossible. For you to love somebody who wants your demise, who wants you destroyed, who wants to, it takes God to do that. It takes a loving God who knows the power of people hurting him. That scripture is saying those who died in the Lord. He said, you don't have to love those people no more. Now, that goes against a lot of the stuff the church believes. Because you, you were like me. Somebody want to fool with me, I'm like, <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> I told him, I said, when I caught this, I'm trying to be a blessing to everybody. And one of the ones who I knew hated me, I blessed her. I felt good by myself. Chest stuck out. I said, you better walk, boy. <laughs> they put on Facebook, you know what happened today? God even made my enemies bless me. <laughs> I'm like, John, you ain't lying. Love it. <laughs> and you know I wanted to, the flesh wanted to respond. Give me my iPad. I got something I want to put on. 
But the Holy Ghost said, you better, you, you better not do it. You better, you better represent me. You better walk with your head up. Shut your mouth. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just keep your mouth shut. Just keep your mouth. I know a bunch of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Have the Holy Ghost ever shut your mouth up? You, you said, Lord, just let me take off my Jesus suit. Just let me get up out. Just let me get up. I got a word for them. But the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit said, shut up, boy. I'm getting some glory out of this. Shut up. And that's how God operates. For us who die in the Lord. While we're here, we're doing one thing. Helping people. And you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. The things I'm talking about, y'all, it's impossible to do. Even Jesus had the audacity in chapter 6. Jesus, go here. He said, love those who love you. He said, that don't get you nothing. Sinners do that. But he said, but what about loving those who hate you? What about those? Jesus even got the audacity. This messed church folk up. He said, to lend to those. Don't get mad at me. Who can pay you back. He said, you ain't, get, that ain't nothing great. Sinners do that every day. He said, but what about lending to those? Knowing you're not going to get it back. <laughs> see, see y'all, these are the things. That on that day, I told the last church I got a couple of minutes. We're gonna be at the bar. Can I paint a picture? Come on now. The bar is a courtroom. Amen. Well, the walls are tall. The walls are 130 something feet thick. That's another class. But it's some kind of place. Splendid. You in line. And all of us in here, the truth be told, when we're in this line, we're going to be cocky. Because I heard, I'm in here but only by the blood. I'm in here all the way. And all that's true, too. But what's going to happen to some of us, as we stand in this long line, we're going to be confident that I'm in here. But the problem is, whoever your TV preacher is, mine happen to be Jake's. I love Jake's. And I'm going to be good till the angels grab Jake's and start hauling him to hell. Then all of a sudden, all of my hope is gone. <laughs> my knees are going to shake it. And I say, Lord, if he can't make it. But as you get closer, the writer said, I peeked over the bar of the one who had my destiny. Come on. Come on now, and when I peeped over the bar, I said, glory be. Amen. The one who's judging me today is the one who saved me 20 years ago. Oh, tell somebody it's a red cord. It's a red cord. I'm already in. Men and women of God, I tell you, thrive, you have to start believing again. You have to start expecting again. Many other believers, we stop expecting God. We stop believing that God can open doors up for us. We stop believing that there's no, that no sinner God can't save. We stop believing that God's not going to show up for us. We started believing this grace that God has for us is only a dream. But faith to get you anything. That's right. Come on now. 
faith will get you everything you need. Can I end with a story? There was this little boy that was at the bus depot. Tell your neighbor, oh, y'all, oh, Lord. And when he was at the bus depot, he looked around, he was about six. And he looked around at everybody, he says, all these people, he said, he was in, they was in Harlem, New York, at six in the evening. <laughs> Anybody ever been to Harlem? You, you kind of know about the situation this was. Little boy walked about 20 yards up from the bus depot. He just walked and stood there. And everybody down here said, little boy, that bus ain't going to stop here. That little boy looked at him and turned his head, walked a little further. He got so far down, he could barely see him. But that time, one of them old men, old black fella, he said, well, let me go down here and get him. That woman said, leave that boy alone. He said, no, this is the last bus coming through. It's 6 o'clock. No other bus come here at 5 in the morning. That boy going to be out here on Harlan in the middle of the night. That old man said, we got to do something. About that time, he heard the bus coming. Everybody went. The, the further they got to the boy, the boy kept going the other way. They said, well, just give up. They all got there. By that time, that bus won't turn that corner. On, 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 moving fast. It looked like it's in the past that little old boy. <laughs> little old boy got on the bus. Bus drove on 500 feet or so where the depot was. People on the, as they got on the bus, they, that old man said, what was that? They all sat down and that old man, he said, I got to ask that woman. Say, leave that boy alone. I got to ask that boy. Old man got up and walked down where that, where that boy was and said, son, I got to ask you. He said, how in the world did you know that bus was going to stop? He said, the driver is my daddy. That's somebody's testimony. He's your daddy, and he's going to stop for you every time he come through. Have faith in God, in him alone, and watch what God will do. There's nothing God won't do. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Music, y'all come on up. But... Listen, God know where you are. And you need him. You need him. There's no way you can please him without him. You can't please him in your flesh. It's impossible. But you need the power of his Holy Spirit. Who he gives freely. The Holy Spirit gets pride out of the way. He gets everything out of the way. Today's a good day. Thrive, today's a good day. To give it all to him. Come back. Come back to him. Some of us, we've left him. We left him. The young man had a falling out with his father. A terrible one. He left to go off and he was left. He was cussing his daddy. And he told his daddy, he says, I'll never come back to this place. As he drove off, six or seven years had passed.
And he started yearning to see his mama again. He wrote his mama a letter. It's back in the 1800s. He said, Mama, I want to come back home. But I don't know Daddy. Last time I saw Daddy, it was we had bad words. But I'm coming through in two weeks. And the house sat on the curb of the railroad track. He said, talk to Daddy and if it's okay that I can come back. He said, take a white towel and just put on the porridge. That way I can return a corner when we get ready to stop. If I see the white towel, I come running. But if I don't see the white towel, I'm going on to Chicago. Well, two weeks came. And the young man got on the train. And when he got on the train, there was a college professor that was there. And he looked the young man in the eyes. He said, son, you're trouble, aren't you? He said, yes, sir. He said, man, my daddy had a falling out. He said, and I'm, Lord, I want to see him. He said, what's the problem? He said, I don't think they're going to want to see me. I told my mama that being we coming up here in a minute that to put a white towel on the front porch and we could see it and that'd be my sign I could come home. He said, sir, can you look for me? I can't even look. The old man looked and when that train turned the corner, his eyes got bright. He said, son, you have to look. He said, what? He said, no, you have to look. He raised up and looked out toward that field. That mama had sheets, blankets wrapped around that whole neighborhood. And that man got off that train and he was running home. Somebody needs to come running home. God has got his arms open. The white blankets are out. Come home. You've been gone too long. You've been gone way too long. Come on. Hallelujah. Well, my